Hello and welcome back to the Better Each Day podcast radio show. I'm your host, Bruce Hilliard, with guest today, country singer and songwriter Bill Abernathy, following this really catchy song called Better Each Day. You said, boy, I wish I would have stuck with that all the way through, but uh, but you end up even more motivated than ever. I think that's the case, yeah, for sure. So uh, I'm, I'm reading from, uh, uh, you have reviews here, and the one I like is short and sweet. It says, more Bill, less twerking, the world is ready, Bill. That's actually one of my favorites. I put it on my website. I was going to say, was that, that your idea? You sound like a guy with a sense of humor. So, yeah, that's great. No, no, no it wasn't my idea. Uh, but uh, I'm not a fan of the whole twerking thing. <laughs> and so uh, I thought, well, you know, the fact that somebody else actually said that, I, I got to put that on my website. So it's it's got to live there. That's yeah. good, yeah. I'm not a huge judge of character, but for some reason I can't see you twerking, so... Uh, no, and, and trust me, you don't want to see me twerking. It's not something that's, uh, it might leave a mark, man, just saying. Yeah, do what you do best. <laughs> so you've been at this for a while. You you played professionally, and then you went off into the corporate world, or what did you do? Yeah, uh, when I was young, um, I played, you know, a lot like really young, much like you did, and, you know, learned how to pick a little bit and play a little bit, and, you know, did a little bit of music thing and then traveled around and, you know, played and wrote and did all the things. And, you know, I had some opportunities to do some really cool things. And then uh, at some point, you know, you just look at it and you go, well, let's just get real. Uh, do I really want to be a singer songwriter sitting in the corner of a uh, coffee shop for the rest of my life? And so you kind of put it on hold, um, you know, had a family, uh, raised my kids and uh, did the corporate thing, which I'm still doing, by the way. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, my kids were both uh, athletes all the way through college. And so uh, if you've lived that life, you realize that there's not a lot of time for anything else. And though I, I quit performing, really, uh, during that during that period when I was raising the kids and all that, I still played a bit, you know, and wrote a bit and, and uh, uh you know, when they got done uh, with their college careers and, and uh, went off and started doing their lives, I had this big stack of different ideas and songs and what have you that I'd written uh, over the years. And so I thought, well, you know, I just wonder. So uh, I picked up a few of those and, and uh, made a couple of uh, recordings and a couple of them kind of hit and people liked them. And I thought, well, maybe there is a future to this. So uh, I went ahead and uh you know, did two follow-up albums uh, from that uh, little event. And, um, you know, it seems to have 
picked up a little bit of stream, uh, a little bit of steam with some folks, and folks seem to be liking what I do. And so it's uh, it's actually kind of fun. So I'm getting kind of a second chance at it later in life. So it's kind of fun. That's great. You're, you're still young, I think, you know, um, and you sound great. Uh, do you do a lot of story songs, those kind of things? Yeah, you know, really, that's what I do. I tell stories and, and um, you know, the stories sometimes evolve into songs. And so, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's important to, to kind of know where you came from and dance with the ones that brought you, right? Yeah. So, but I look at the artists that, that really influenced me that's really what they were doing. And it doesn't matter if it was, you know, Crosby, Stills and Nash or Fogelberg or, you know, Jackson Brown or whoever, uh, you know, they're effectively telling stories. And uh, in those stories are, you know, lessons and, and points that you can take and, and uh, you know, decide whether you want to, you know, implement those kinds, those concepts into your life uh, or not. And uh, so that's really what I do. Um, you know, all of my songs are, are really, um, generated from things that happened to me and, uh, you know, things that either happened to me personally or happened to people that are close to me. And, uh, out of those stories that I hear come, uh, the songs that I write. So really just a storyteller with a guitar, man. It's kind of how it works. Yeah. I see you do Chevy van. That's a story song there. If there ever was one. Well, that, there's a there's a, actually a story behind the Chevy van thing. If you if you'd like to hear it, sure. Um, I don't really <laughs> I don't really play too many covers uh, when when I'm doing shows, but I do occasionally, you know. And uh, you know, we we put some covers. You know, I put a, a cover or two on every one of my projects, and I decided that you know when I played live, people would always ask me. You know, they'd always do the you know, do you take requests? And, and, you know, I typically don't um, because I don't like to get caught flat-footed. Yeah. Um, so we were uh, playing around on social media, and I got a bunch of uh, requests from people that said, you know, actually, it's a three-fold request. So first of all, they wanted to know what it's like in the studio because, you know, everybody thinks it's this magical, mystical place. Uh, they were very interested in that. Uh, they were very interested in what it's like, uh, you know, when we play live. And they also wanted to know, can you play this song? Well, I took that and thought, well, you know, let's just see. So out on, you know, the social media networks, I said, if you wanted to, you know, if you could request a song for us to play, what would it be? And we got this barrage of different songs that came in. Uh, for us to do and uh, I started going through them and you know some of them just weren't appropriate and weren't applicable to what we do uh, and then this Chevy Van song showed up and I thought you know everybody knows this song right mm. it was very popular back in the day and, and uh, it's really not uh, not really the style that I play but I thought well why not let's just try it and so we played around with it and kind of tweaked it a little bit changed uh you know a little bit of the voicings on the guitars and a little bit of this and that and actually had a really good time with it and uh you know we uh we did this little 
grouping of songs, you know, I call it live from the studio. So some of these cover songs that folks had requested, uh, we went into the studio and videotaped it all and recorded them live uh, with the attempt to try to answer those three questions. What's it like in the studio? What's it like when you play live? And can you play this request? So we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, and uh, it was a good time. But the Chevy Van song was, was one of those. So that is a good question. Let's go with it. Studio versus live, which do you prefer, or are they just two entirely different things for you? Well, I think it's two different animals completely, yeah. you know, and... You know, in the studio, you've got this completely sterile environment, you know, where where you can really just, you know, be creative and, and try things that, you know, you typically wouldn't try off the fly uh, when you're playing live. So I think that, uh, you know, the studio, I'm very, it's very, one of my favorite places uh, just because of that, uh, because you have this whole freedom to do uh, all kinds of interesting things and try things that maybe that, uh, that you certainly wouldn't try live. But, you know, also, again, playing live, though it's a different animal, is also a favorite thing of mine. You know, I really like uh, uh, connecting with the audience. And, you know, I, I tend to play around and, and talk to the audience quite a bit when I play um, because I think it's fun. And I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, some of the feedback that you get and some of the discussions that you can get in with folks when you're playing live. And then, of course, you know, you get to play the songs and, and uh, you know, every now and then you'll you'll see that light show up in, in uh, some of the audience's eyes where you play a tune and they not only recognize it, but they kind of get it. You know, they understand not only the story, but the, the, the message behind the story in the song. And that's special. That's a special time for me, so two different animals and I, I really enjoy both of them equally when you started out what were your influences well i'm really just kind of an old hippie so um <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah uh you know i was really really influenced early on by the 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 singer-songwriter guys. So Dan Fogelberg is one of my favorite artists of all time, probably my favorite artist. And yeah. and uh, I really appreciate what he did lyrically and with his songs and, and uh, the marriage of the music with the song that was used to really, really emphasize the lyric itself, you know, and the messages behind the song. And of course, you know, if you go into singer-songwriters, right, you got James Taylor, obviously, outstanding, outstanding songwriter, you know, Jackson Brown, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, uh, you know, all those, those, those folks, kind of the Laurel Canyon guys are, are the ones that uh, I really think influenced me heavily when I was really, really young. Dan Fogelberg, though, when he passed away, it was like, oh, no, <laughs> you can't do that to us. You know, it, it's, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was actually in Europe uh, when he passed away, and, um, um, you know, you don't get, I didn't get the news uh, that he had passed away. And, and uh, when I got home uh, and back from Europe, um, I found out that he had passed away and, and uh, uh, just spent kind of a weekend, you know, along with some albums and some guitars. And and uh, he had a big influence on me. And uh, um, I always kind of like to say that a lot of his music is, is kind of tells the story of my life. So, uh, very influential for me and, and very sad that uh, that he left so soon. You know, we have so many of the great singer-songwriters that really did uh, leave us too soon. I always think of Jim Croce. You know, I think Jim Croce is a great songwriter. Harry Chapin. 
without question. Yeah. You know? Wow, there was a storyteller. Uh, yeah. Wow, yeah, I know. That was, yeah. God, you're making me all sentimental now. They were so good. <laughs> when you sit down yeah. to write a song, do you you start out with one of your stories, or just does uh, this hand come down from heaven and touch you? and Bill, write this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think every now and then you get lucky like that, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, nobody really knows, in my opinion, where, where music comes from. I think it's a bit of magic. Um, but uh, when I, my writing process is probably backwards uh, from what many people do, because uh, I write the story. Yeah. Uh, I write the story first and, and uh, you know, I, and whatever the story is of the, the the message within the story, um, you know, it's really what's important to me. And so I write that all out and then uh, I really don't even think of, you know, melodies or, or choruses or anything. And then, uh, uh, as I read the story, it kind of tells me a little bit, uh, you know, it tells me what style of music is going to be the best, uh, genre to propel that story into a song. Uh, it's one of the reasons why it's, it's really hard to take uh, my music and put it in a box because, um, you know, to call it country or rock or folk or whatever, but uh, it's really hard to do because the song itself, you know, there are angry songs, right? We've all written them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those might tend to be maybe a little bit on the blues side or a little bit more on the rock side. And then, you know, you've got the... Uh, you know, the really slow, pretty love songs, you know, and so they're going to be more in that, you know, the folky style and, you know, and then some flashback songs, like, for example, uh, the song that we have out right now is called Can't Go Back. Um, and uh, it's it's a story song about a time when a friend of mine and I got together after several years of not, uh, of not seeing each other. And uh, we used to play together. And so we sat down and just kind of scribbled this song out and we wanted to make it, uh, uh, relevant to the time that we had together back when we played music. And that was when, you know, the Eagles and country rock and Poco and, and all mm. those folks were out. So we kind of gave it a, a little bit of a country rock feel. So um, uh, I, that's what makes it fun, I think, being a singer-songwriter, because you don't really lock yourself into a genre, and you can just really explore uh, whatever genre of music is really the best uh, to share the story of the song itself. So makes it fun. I've been sitting around thinking about the good old days. All the good times we had, all the games we played. Didn't know what we had then And our ignorance makes me laugh And I'm so glad that we can never go back We used to play those songs Make all the youngers cry But none of those silly girls Ever understood why but later in life, you meet and they're dressed to impress <laughs> As a hot mess in a tight red seaweed dress No, you can't go back, you can't go back 
spent a lot of time in the studio recording that or that one you, you'd been wrote it and it's been played a billion times so you just went in and said hit the switch here <laughs> record it yeah i think some are easier to record than others uh that one uh was really it's pretty straightforward you know it's not uh you know it's not fancy if you would uh from a musical standpoint we did some pretty cool uh you know uh dual guitar stuff you know and, and all that on it's pretty fun uh, but, uh, you know, that one was, uh, was, it was pretty much just go in and play it, you know, and, and, uh, then play around with it a little bit to get the right feel. But, um, yeah, not, not one of the ones that we really, you know, there are certain songs I think that you write that you play and I always say they kind of twist your fingers in knots. Um, that one's not one of those. It's, it's pretty straightforward, just kind of a country rock tune. So, uh, a couple of good stories of that tune off of the Crossing Willow Creek album, uh, the can go back to is the third single uh, that we released, and the the uh, the second one we released is actually a tune called Changes, and it's a really old song. Uh, I wrote it a long time ago, but um, it really it really talks about the one thing in each of our lives that is constant, and that constant is change, and uh, how how we adapt uh and embrace that change is really uh important uh, and really helps us become well the tagline in the song is the change always teaches us to be everything we're destined to be 
and I believe that. Uh, I think that, you know, life throws us all curveballs. You know, we don't always, you know, always say, you know, wouldn't it be great if all of your, the plans that you had when you were 18 years old all worked out? Well, probably not, you know, because we were very limited in our scope and very limited in our understanding of life. And so uh, I think that the the most important thing that we can do in life is to understand that, that things are going to change and uh, how you adapt and embrace all that change uh, is really, 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 really important to your success in life going forward. You know, I always laugh about the changes album or the changes uh, tune because it probably has 50 verses because I'm a bit lazy as a songwriter and so when you know when a big change comes in my life i think you know i should write another song about this but then i'm lazy and i said hell i'll just write another version i'll just write another verse to the changes song so yeah but it's uh it's one of my favorites for sure you know it talks about uh some of the things that, that went on in my life that really had an impact on me Understanding all the change But I haven't gotten there quite yet 
You see, all I really understand is that it's made me such a better man. I can't wait to see what happens next. No, I can't. There's places in our lives that go and go. Teaching us what we do and do not know. But change always teaches us to be. I'm still surviving Guess I'm gonna go, gonna go through some more chases Well, I've had a season to rest my mind It's been a very revealing time Guess I'm gonna go, gonna go through some more chases Well, I guess I'm gonna go through some chases I guess I'm gonna go through some chases Uh, Katie Loggins did that with Halson Pooh Corner. He wrote it from the aspect yeah. of a grandfather. And uh, uh-huh. there's another great songwriter, my God. Oh, without question. You know, with the very first concert I ever went to in my life, it was a uh, um, birthday present from a brother, from my brother that was nine years older than me. And uh, the first concert I ever saw in my life was Loggins and Messina no solo. And uh, not with a band, yeah. uh, because the band's bus had broken down. Oh, uh, and Kenny Loggins actually had a broken arm. Jeez. So uh, <laughs> I got to see Loggins and Messina. I mean, we're probably talking, I don't know, 72, 73, somewhere around in there. Loggins and Messina and a guitar. That was the concert. It was spectacular. Just Spectacular. A bit, and a chance Wonderful. of a lifetime to see it that way. Was, was oh, Messina yeah. the only guitar player then, I'm thinking? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy was playing, and, and they were singing and doing the songs, and man, it was great. It was just great. Wow. Yeah. And you mentioned Poco. He was one of the, I think, one of the first guys in that band. They've had an all-star lineup forever, but yeah, he was in that, and that was... Amazing yeah. that he got with Kenny, Great. Kenny Loggins. Kenny Loggins is, a, and I think this is what you do. I've never seen you, but Kenny Loggins will sit down and talk about the songs. And uh, if you ever wanted somebody to come and play your living room that could captivate you for hours, to me, it, it's him. Oh yeah, you know I've I've seen him in concert many times, and and uh, yeah, he's that guy. It's all about the songs, you know. I mean, he's a great performer, obviously a great musician, an outstanding vocalist, and all that. But the thing that I really appreciate about appreciate about Kenny Loggins is it's really all about the songs, and uh, love it, love it. I got to have lunch with him one time, just sort of accidentally. We had pastrami sandwiches, so personable, and I. I Maybe this is what inspired me to do this kind of a show where you just talk to musicians and and just run with it because it's so easy to do. But with him, I was like, uh, so what are you reading, Kenny? What do you read these days? 
and he was reading a book by her name was Carol Sheehy, and it was about passages through your life and making adjustments. And he was talking about retiring, and he said he, he had a kind of a, a latecomer son at that point, and he told his son that he wanted to retire. And this is almost 20 years ago. And his son said, well, no, don't, because you'll die. And that happens a lot. Yeah. And he said, well, yeah, I thought about that, you know, and I'm thinking, well, well, you just did, you know, Danger Zone and a bunch of really good stuff. He was still going pretty strong. And uh, obviously he didn't retire because he's done a ton of stuff since then. But, yeah, I guess my point was, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a epiphany moment for me uh, just talking to to him and how easy it was to uh if you're talking about music i guess it's it's pretty easy to do so here i am talking to you and it's <laughs> it's been a pleasure yeah universal language right i, I saw kenny loggins probably i'm gonna guess six years ago yeah uh with a group that he called the blue sky Riders. Yeah, yeah and it was he and uh two other great songwriters george middleton and gary burr and uh they put out uh uh, some albums, a couple albums, I think, but uh, uh, just in happenstance, I happened to get the chance to go see them. And, uh, you know, you want to talk about songwriters writing great songs and telling stories, man, it's a great night. It was a great night. Yeah, I have one of their CDs that actually he gave me. He was kind of promoting those when uh, the uh, situation yeah. where, I, where I ran into him. And, uh, and of course, I, I had to have him sign everything. Just, uh, I don't know why. I, oh. I normally don't get autographs, but it, it was too easy. So, fun. Yeah. Fun stuff. Yeah. Well, I'm blabbing your ear yeah. off, Bill. No, anytime, man. I, I enjoy the talk. So, it's always it's always fun to talk with people that, uh, well, first of all, I appreciate what you do. Because you certainly help, um, you know, guys like us uh, get out there. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's nice to... How can I say this politically correct? It's nice to talk with people that get it. You know, sometimes you get in into some interview situations and, and um, you know, like, for example, I, I did an interview as probably a year ago uh, with with these folks. And we spent half of the time talking about how Adam Lambert would be a good replacement in for as Mercury. a lead singer for Queen. And I'm going, yeah, really? You know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that could be an interesting conversation. There are some people that say right off the bat, you can't replace Freddie Mercury. Well, no, you can't. But no. What are you going to do? Should Queen never no. play again because they can't find somebody that can sing that? It, right. Well, it's like uh, Steve Perry with Journey, yeah. right? You're never going to replace Steve Perry. I mean, uh, I saw the new Journey uh, with the new singer, and he can play. He can sing the notes, right, without question. I mean, the guy's a really, really good vocalist. But Steve Perry is Steve Perry. Uh, you know, there was a feel, right? There was a feel. You got it. And they can't replace Bill Abernathy either. So I think you... Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, we do. I tend to have a good time. Yeah. And I tend to have a good time. So it, it's fun, you know, so you'll appreciate this. So I've decided, you know, I'm nearing the end of my corporate gig. And uh, uh, I'm probably going to retire on roughly a year bit more uh and so i'm now going to see if i think i can pull this off you know doing music stuff so i'm going on a tour I haven't done it since i was a kid so i'm uh, going on a tour all through january through uh austin and colorado new mexico and phoenix so it should be a hoot to see if uh see if the old man can still hang yeah so it'll be fun that sounds like a blast i think you'll enjoy it uh, yeah if you ever get up seattle way 
I'm going to come and track you down. Well, hopefully, hopefully after I uh, um, get done with the corporate thing, I'm going to be pretty free, and that's kind of my that's my retirement plan, at least for you know a couple of two, three, four years, maybe after I retire, uh, is to you know do the tour thing, you know, and uh, I really enjoy playing solo. <laughs> I enjoy that. Uh, I could do the band thing, and we do that from time to time. Uh, but I enjoy doing the solo thing and, uh, you know, telling stories and doing what we do. So, uh, yeah, I could like to, I could get up to Seattle. Now, I'm not going to do the whole Nirvana thing. So, you know, and isn't that where they came from? So uh, it might be a different style. Yeah. They came from the little town that I grew up in, Aberdeen, two of the guys. Yeah. Bass player and, and Kurt Cobain. Uh, yeah, and then they, yeah. And then they ended up. Uh, you know how it is. If you're from anywhere near L.A., you're from L.A. If you're anywhere near New York City, you're from New York City. But they, so that's kind of what it was. Uh, neither of them are from Seattle, and I think uh, Dave Grohl was from Washington D.C. So yeah, well, my my son was a huge Nirvana fan, yeah. and uh, I have become a huge Dave Grohl fan. Oh. So I really like the Foo Fighters, but I really like you know I think Dave Grohl is is uh, Oh, how can I say this? He's probably the last of what we would consider to be a real rock star. Writes his own stuff, has really great songs that really have great messages, and he delivers them extremely well. I love looking at his uh, YouTubes that he have out, has out where he plays a lot of those songs, just acoustic solo stuff. Love it. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I want to thank you for your time, Bill. And uh, I'll, I'll have this all prepared and out in probably two weeks. You're, you're going to have to, you're in the waiting list a little bit, but not too bad. Thank you very much. And again, thank you for a good interview. I appreciate it. Well, great. Now, sounds like you have a, a wonderful retirement plan. A lot of people kind of don't know what to do after that. And uh, not only can you travel, but you can do something when you get there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it'll be uh, like I said. It'll be interesting to see uh, if the if the old man can hang with it. So it'll be fun. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you take care. I'll be looking for you. All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. Bye bye. Bye Radio Show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee.
and we're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.